Jason, you're eating fast. I gotta head over to a client in a few minutes. I gotta go all the way to Manuelsburg. Ugh, Manuelsburg. To their office, like physically in person? Yeah, it's like 45 minutes. Depending, depending on, on the, on the, the ferry. ferry. Yeah. So what's so important they have to go over there in person? Oh. What? What's going on? It's embarrassing. So they have to print checks. Ugh. I know, but... Because of the liquor law rules in Manuelsburg, you actually have to pay with a paper check. Like, it's we can't avoid it. Uh-huh. Tell me more. So, once a week, I drive to their office and print checks. So dumb. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Did you ever hear of Google Cloud Print? That does sound familiar. I've never used it. I think there's some apps that let you connect printers like Zapier and Make. Ooh. We should look into that. We should. Just not now. Because I got to go see you later. Oh, another fax episode, I see. I guess I'm paying for lunch. Didn't that happen last time, too? Today we're talking about printing. The year was, what, 1997? Nobody likes them. We all avoid them. But what do you do when you need them? Turns out you can build printing into your automated cloud processes. Ooh, so fun. Whoa, buckle up for this week's. Automation Town. Welcome back. Thank you. Let's start out by acknowledging this elephant in the room. Your new mustache. Uh Yeah, way to go. No, why we would still be printing things. And what's wrong with the mustache? I mean, the fact that people don't print anymore is... Oh, but they do. As much as I'd like it to be the case that we never print anymore, it's definitely still a thing. So scenarios where I run into printing still... There's cases where certain payments have to be made with a paper check. Stuff around liquor where I live, that's how it works. Anytime a payment is made in trust, so like an attorney's making a payment from a trust account, mm-hmm. it generally has to be done with a paper check so that you've got like the documentation that they want to see. A lot of old-timey approval workflows where that's just how the machine is set up to work. They want that physical thing to approve. Right. And that's just checks. That's a great use case for this. But like, what about all the other stuff like labels? Blah. You're shipping stuff? Maybe you always print a physical thing when you meet in person with someone. Let me tell you how much printers are used. I travel with a printer and it's the most grueling thing. It sits down here by my foot every day. I use it as a foot stand and the odd time that my kids need to print something for school is the only reason we have it. But when you say you travel with a printer, your entire house travels. You live in an RV. You make it sound like it's like you've got a briefcase handle attached to it and you walk into work <laughs> in your business suit with a <laughs> with a laser jet under your arm. Like you've seen those YouTube videos where people are bringing printers and full-size monitors into Starbucks in the co-working spaces. Yeah. 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 But That's you, but just with a printer. Yeah. <laughs> the printer I don't want to carry around, but you're right. There are some still things. I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time chatting about why you have to use a check to buy liquor. That's just, I feel like I need to Google this after we record this because I have- It's for like, when you buy it from the supplier, for whatever reason, the payment there has to be made with a check. Crazy. Like even checks can be printed electronically now and then sent through the mail. That's what we do for most things. But I guess that's the beauty of those apps that are printing through APIs. I see where we're going with this, Jason Stats. Okay. Lead us to water. I could write the book on, here's all the reasons to never do paper checks. I, oh my goodness. I've heard all of the things from 
but I'm scared about the security of online <laughs> payments. Yeah, okay, let's instead mail a document with your account numbers to hundreds of people every month. That can only go well. Okay, we're talking print scenarios. So like everything that I think of is like related to my kids. Like I want to print out a certificate for them. I want to print out something for them because they want to color or they want to do some arts and crafts or something. But like businessy printing, businessy printing is on the way out and even governments. I mean, you're in the US, I'm in Canada. Our government allows us to electronically send them stuff, even through spreadsheets and PDFs through portals. How's that going for you in the IRS? <laughs> okay, so the Canadians don't use printers, evidently. Let's talk through how this could be achieved. It's one of those things, kind of like the last mile, the thing that can't be automated is like the most time consuming thing. And almost every small business we go into, if they have a physical premise, that's like a physical place of business. The companies that don't, they find a workaround. But the ones that do like fall back to like the things that they understand. So like we've actually done a lot of work with like churches and schools and like more institutional kind of things where this stuff is just rampant. But I think what we're going to dig into today is how to integrate that stuff into your stuff that otherwise is automated. So if you do need to print something, how can we work a printer into a zap or to a make scenario or something like that? It is kind of elitist to think that you're not printing anymore. Half the reason we have a company is because we're helping people move out of those procedures that include printing into something more technical. It's probably still the majority of people printing things. And it's just the, the bubble of the world we live in that isn't. As much as I like to look down my nose at the people doing those old timey things that I would never do, mm. there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. Absolutely. If you come into that situation, you've got the chance to be the hero and that's not a bad place to be. So let's talk Google Cloud Print. Was that something you ever stumbled into or used? Never. And kind of looking forward to learning about it. So what is Google Cloud Print and how does it work? So we run into a lot of scenarios where Either we need to print something ourselves in an automated way, it's unavoidable, so I may as well automate the actual triggering of you know, generation of the document and printing of the thing. And we also run into a lot of this for clients, where they've got some part of their workflow where they need a physical thing. Maybe they're going to give it to a customer on an order or something like that. And if we have a way of bridging the automation work that we do for them to a physical printer like that, it actually expands the stuff that we can do for them. So. It was maybe like three years ago that I went deep on Google Cloud Print, which was like this utility you could install on your machine. And you've got this then cloud service that can see those printers or the printers that are connected to that machine. But then it's just like another node in your automation process, almost like generating a PDF or something like that. You could simply call Google Cloud Print to go out and print this thing to a printer. I think they shut down Google Cloud Print. They did. According to the Googles, 2020 shut down. And that is where the story gets interesting because it made a whole bunch of people mad. Yeah. And a whole like little ecosystem of alternative tools cropped up. So if you go out and you search like printing APIs, yeah. a whole bunch of them reference like testimonials that are like, Whoa, this is just the thing that I need when they shut down that <laughs> Google Cloud Print. Well, opportunity for everyone. I know when you go into Zapier or Integromat, you type in print, and you've got like Printify, Printnode, Cell Integra Cloud Print. So there are companies out there that recognize that automations need printing. 
And for good reason. Printing is not always an eight and a half by 11 white sheet of paper that has a letter on it. It could also be point of sale systems that run on thermal paper. Uh, it could be barcoding systems. It could be product IDs for grocery stores. It could be anything. And being able to do that through networks and through APIs is incredibly helpful. So these services are needed just outside of the regular businessy type of eight and a half by 11s. What I want is basically Zapier connected printer API services because there's printer APIs out there where you install something on your server or your computer and then you can make calls to an API. But I am a normie. I don't want to have to figure out how to do that. I want something that has a connector already with Make or with Zapier. So I'll go out and I'll Google like Zapier Cloud Printer or something like that. And I've actually got a whole blog article about what happened to Google Cloud Print. What are the alternatives? They list out some other services. And there's a bunch of services out there that are even like free up to like a small volume. And it's basically as simple as installing a utility on your computer pointing it to the printers that you want it to have access to. And then you can obviously print stuff, but you can even grab like a history of stuff that's been printed and like access some of that information there. Been there working in offices back in the day where you just kind of wish you could print it to the office in another city or in another state. That is a real thing. And how many times do you just say, hey, email this over and can you print it for me so that you can put it in your binder? That was the world we lived in. So it's, it's good that they exist. Again, I being very honest, I I don't have any automations right now where that is a thing that a lot of people use. But I think just knowing that it exists and if there is something that's required, great. It's it's one of these other actions that can be the end of an automation that saves a company a bunch of time. Yeah, and most of my cases if I have something that I'm not going to like manually generate we're now kind of skipping the print step and going straight to API based mailing. So why would you print a thing where you are instead of just sending it to a mailing API to send that bird to somebody? For me, it's the circumstances that I stumble into when I'm talking with clients and learning about what they do. We talked about this a lot in the document or just thing generation episode. That is, there are so many people out there that are spending half of their day doing this repetitive process right. that could be replaced by an API document generator, something like that. I think that sort of stuff comes up with printing quite a bit where you've got these like physical processes and they haven't figured out a digital alternative for them yet. Is it a replacement for like figuring out that better digital process? No, but it's definitely something worth having in the tool belt. Light bulb moment. I remember a conversation I was having with a buddy and he said that he was setting up the system where the back kitchen of a catering company needed to print out every order, staple it on the kid's lunch that they were doing the catering for. And it had nothing to do with the order for money and for payments and credit cards, but they needed all kinds of information that really wasn't on the invoice, like what ingredients are in it and all of these really important things that relate to catering. I think this is a perfect example of printing remotely to the catering place so that the kitchen walks in in the morning, has his list of stuff, and then they're ready to go. Instead of saying, hey, cook, like, go through this computer and run this report and print out all these things every morning. It could just be done for them. It's like a more of a quality control kind of thing. And it saves time. The right people doing the right jobs. It's a conversation we don't have enough. Okay, so now that we can do this through Zapier, does it enable any sort of shenanigans that we should be considering? I can tell you one thing that I thought about. Security stuff? Maybe in a roundabout way. So I love like, and we've talked about this a bit with your bathroom fan and smart home stuff. 
I love the idea of physical things being connected to these cloud workflows. Mm -hmm. So you could do something as simple as create an Airtable web form. It's got a file attachment and a dropdown. You attach a file, you select the printer from a dropdown, <laughs> you hit submit. But you laugh. And it sends it to that printer. You laugh, but it's like super useful if you don't have access to that printer. So here's the thing. Anybody you want to have access to that printer, you just send them the link to the web form, right? So if they're outside your network, do you have people VPNing into your network just to be able to do like these basic limited sort of things? It's one of those questions that's so stupid that you're like, oh, I hate that it's a problem to begin with, but somebody somewhere just fell out of their chair because they have this like really dumb, frustrating organizational thing, probably like a bigger company where that could help you manage this sort of thing. Yeah, I need to print 10 copies of this report in the morning. So when I go in, they're all ready to go. So I have to log into my VPN and spend 20 minutes doing this at the airport before I take off versus a form. Yep. Yeah, just make sure it's password protected. Yeah, right. A form you can do on mobile too. Yeah. And then connect any number of printers there. And then the the routing is set up based on the dropdown. Yeah, that's good. All right. You want to head over to the Grum Grum? Get this call-in show started? It's about that time. Hey, Paul. Guys, Buzz is here. Buzz? The Buzz? Who's I Buzz? You know that the radio station after himself? Yes. It's only middle school. For the show. Let's go to the stationery. They could buy ads across all our shows. Or they could take their little business cards and like some that they or those Boys! Um, Hello, Mr. Buzz. Hello, Mr. Buzz. Buzz McTompkins, pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, Mr. Buzz. What brings you to Automation Town today? Well, I wanted to check in on my two stars. Whoa. Whoa. Meet them in the flesh. Gee, thanks. Thank you, Mr. Buzz. That's very kind. Thank you, Mr. Buzz. Two stars? Wait, are the ratings that good? I just assume, since you put us after copulation show. The ratings are... acceptable for now. Glad to hear it, Mr. Buzz. Again, it's Buzz McTompkins. Yes, right. Sorry, Mr. Buzz. Keep up the hard work, and maybe you'll make a run at that 7 o'clock slot. Oh, oh, Mr. Buzz, that would really be an honor. 30 seconds, guys. We've got the show to do. Thanks for stopping by, Mr. Buzz. Go get it, gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. 7 o'clock. Amazing. Welcome back to Automation Show on 104.3, Mr. Buzz. Where dreams come true. That's right, where dreams might come true. We'll be here until 9 o'clock taking your automation questions. Let's go to the phones. First caller, Stuart. Stuart, how can we help? Hey, guys. It's Stuart again. Hi, Stuart again. No, it's just me again. We met at the Radio Shack. From the Radio Shack? Yeah, I work at the Radio Shack. I called in last week. I had an issue about budgeting. Sorry, Stuart. I thought it was someone else. Um, not ringing a bell. How can I help you? So, my manager at the Radio Shack has me print all his emails. Oof. Yeah, he's one of these old guys. This job has its days. I worked at the Circuit City for a while. It was okay. Can you get to it, Stuart? It was nice because I could be paid on commission, but okay, I think... Radio Shack covers my tent. Okay, I think we got all we so, need here. Yeah, Thanks for the call, Stuart. So we need to automatically print his boss's emails. We were just talking about this earlier today. So there's actually some really cool cloud services that will do this for you that connect with Zapier and make and all that stuff. What would 
So if you're gonna set that up from scratch, Chad, what would that look like beginning to end? How would you set up a zap, for example, to automatically print those emails that came in? It's about as easy as it gets, but it is very useful to know. Zapier will have a trigger and the trigger will be either Office 365 or Gmail or even SMTP if there's an old timey access to an email system. Look at you go. Once that triggers in, you make sure that the trigger is set to new email and then you run that thing on a schedule. That way, every time since the last time you ran it, it will find all the emails since you last ran the schedule. So if it's in the morning, set that schedule to probably 20 minutes before you get in and everything's ready to go. The next step in that zap is to create an action. And then that action could be as easy as using one of the services that is available in Zapier, whether it's print node. Paper cut, mobility print, easy blue, just Google it. There's a bunch of them. So then you take an action after that check for email step, and you'll pick one of the printing companies that is already connected into Zapier. So there's a ton there. You can pick them, whether it's mobility print or cloud printer or any one of those, and then you'll set the actual action to print. And once that's all configured, it'll run on the schedule. And when you come in in the morning, all those things will be ready right at the printer for you. Would you do anything differently, Jason? Yeah, only thing I'd add, you got to be able to install a little utility on the computer for it to see that printer, a computer that has access to that printer. Maybe think about what you want to do with the attachments as well. So if there's attachments on it, do you want it to print or not? But yeah, otherwise pretty cut and dried. Thanks for the call, Stubert. I need to hear the buzz more. Yeah. I want him saying the buzz with every caller. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jason, uh, we need to say the buzz every time we say automation show. More buzz. Who else we got? Alex. Alex, you are live with automation show on 104.3 The Buzz. How can we help you, Alex? Hey guys, thanks, thanks for, for taking, taking the call my... on 104.3 The Buzz automation show. So I manage plant services for Automation U. Auto U? Oh, oh. <laughs> with the fighting badgers. That's right, go badgers. We're planning out some construction projects and want to get a better understanding of traffic flows around campus. Oh, interesting. And I'm curious if you've ever explored using sensors to track foot traffic Anything like that. That's a fun one. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Alex. So we're tracking foot traffic, Davis. How are you going to do that? You're going to sprinkle a little something on the ground, count the footsteps. How are you going to track foot traffic? Oh, man. Did you ever see those sensors a couple years ago that were all the rage? Weren't they like eye beacons or apple beacons? You're getting warmer. Uh, but there were some really cool sensors that you'd throw in a store or yep. just around a parking lot, and then it would it would track people. I don't remember the names off the top of my head. Do you remember them? They keep changing. I just Google, like something like that. I just Google like smart home motion sensor. And there's some interior ones where you could just stick one on one wall. Mm -hmm. There's ones where you can put them on both walls and you got to break the beam. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing is they connect with IFTTTTT, which we've talked about <laughs> a bit. Because that like enables you to do automation things. If this, then that. You can even send it over to Zapier or Make if you're more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. What I would do is, I guess, figure out where you want to track stuff. Interior is probably going to be easier than exterior, but I, you could also get exterior motion sensors. Especially if it's around campus. You want to put them in different places. Yeah. For lack of a better idea, like I do with everything, I'd probably just chuck it in Airtable. And so anytime it triggers, you got a little timestamp and you start tracking that stuff. Easy peasy. 
I want his job. That would be a fun project. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Let's start tracking some foot traffic at the Grum Grum. <laughs> How many people are coming in and out the doors? The men's restroom, the women's restroom. The print station. The print station. Okay, who we got next? Uh, back to the phone. Steven, you're live with Automation Show. Hey, guys. You mean Automation Show on 104.3, yep. The Buzz. The Buzz, yep. Hi, Steven. Hi, so yeah, I've switched out all the lights in my office for those... Philips Hue lights. They say they're smart home enabled. Yeah. I think they work with if this than that. They definitely do. And I was thinking about changing the color of the light throughout the day, like kind of how your phone screen changes to more amber light in the evening. Love it. I'm just not sure how it triggers something like that. Like how or where to get started to set that up. That's a fun one. Yeah, let's take this one. Jason, what do you got? Well, I think we're back to IFTT, if this then that again. Is it two T's or is it three T's? It's three T's. Three T's. So I have a TTT.com. <laughs> I mean, it's like Zapier for muggles. It's like even easier than Zapier. Super easy. So that's like the smart home automator tool of choice. And so these Philips Hue lights, let's just pop out to IFTT and see what actions are supported with those Philips Hue lights. So how would you even do that? I usually Google IFTTT. I would just say Philips Hue. Philips Hue works better with IFTTT. <laughs> What the? Okay, my Siri woke up. So we've got little like suggested apps, but I just want the details. What are the things that we can do? We've got get lights, turn on a color loop, turn off lights, change to random color, set a scene, dim lights, change color, toggle lights on and off, blink lights, whole bunch of stuff. And I think out of the box, there's like a Hue mobile app. There is. So Philips has got its own little deal where you can probably set some of this stuff up just natively on their mobile app. Yeah. And then they'll use the bridge. So a little puck device you throw in your house, have a whole bunch of lights that connect to it. And it's just easier than if you're trying to connect one at a time. So super easy. Run that through the Hue app. It's probably enough without needing to even hit IFTTT. But the IFTTT stuff is when you want to have some some fun outside of what the app can do. And that's kind of like, say people are walking by the construction site and you want the lights to turn. That's when you've got sensors and all kinds of fun stuff. Walking by the construction. That was the best example you could think of, walking by a construction site. <laughs> Whatever. I just wanted, just wanted to help out Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's build on this. Is this Alex or Steven? This is Steven, but Alex said the construction site. Goodness gracious. I'm sorry about that, Steven. Oh, yeah, the motion. That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Okay. Let's build on this. Why stop at lights? So you could probably schedule it with like the native Phillips stuff, I imagine, and the little hub. I'm sure there's a way to do that. But what if we pull in IFTTT? What are some of the other things that we could do? You dim the lights or you change the color of the lights over time. Maybe you change which lights are on throughout the house. Maybe you lock the front doors. Maybe you put some music on. Dude, I saw a video where one guy created sensors and put them underneath his mattress what? and underneath his chair. So anytime he would sit down in his chair, if it was at a certain time of day, it would change the lights. So if it was like after eight o'clock, the lights would go really dim or off. If he sat down, if he was getting into bed and it was after a certain time of the day, IFTTT would hit up and then all the lights would dim down and it would set the mo in motion everything for like falling asleep with the blinds and all the other kind of stuff. It gets pretty funny. I don't know about you. Anytime I try to get this fancy with stuff, <laughs> it just backfires. I end up like having to do a tap dance in front of the bed to get the lights to do what I want them to do or like. My wife gets up to go to the bathroom, all the lights turn on. Like there's always something that I never, that I don't think of that ruins it. It can't work all the time, just like you want it. It's more just 
having fun than it is probably practical utility. But I think for lights, you're right. It's it's pretty cut and dry. And um, Stephen, you'll be probably good enough with the Hue app and a little bit of IFTTT love if you wanted to play with some things outside of that app that connect to other things in your life. Okay, back to the phones. What time is it? We Let's do one more. Melissa, thanks for the call. You are live on Automation Show on 104.3 The Buzz. Hey, guys. I work over at Little Automators. Oh, the elementary school. Yes. We talked to somebody else from there earlier. We did. You guys were so helpful last time, so she told me to give you a call. Aww. So each year before the school year starts, we have parents sign their kids up for preschool, and we have a long waiting list. But what we do is we make them come down to the school and wait in line on sign-up day which is a whole stressful thing, and we have to turn a lot of people away. I bet. That sounds awful. So we're thinking there has to be a better way to take signups digitally. Maybe we send out an email to all the parents and give them a way to sign up digitally at a certain time. And then the first however many signups get a spot. Yeah, thanks for the call, Melissa. Yeah, it makes sense. I think we could probably build something that would solve this problem, right, Chad? Absolutely. So where would you start with something like this? You got a whole bunch of people. You need this digital line of people being able to sign up. There's lots of options with this. Your head immediately goes to an online form. Is it just as simple as a web form? Like, is that it? I guess it is. I mean, you might want to know where the data sits ahead of time. If you wanted to proactively remind people that the form opens up at a certain time or things like that, that you know could go ahead of this. But I mean... I think the power in this is in the logic afterwards. So yeah, you've got your form and you've got all the information, but then is there any logic in the form that makes sense? Like, is this a school that has siblings and it needs a certain number of siblings or that prioritizes them in the list? What do you do for acknowledgement? Like there's nothing worse than filling out a form and then not getting mm. acknowledgement back that it was completed. So that can be done pretty easily. Taking payment maybe? Yeah, maybe they want to take a deposit. I actually think that's what was... That was on Sharon's call last time, <laughs> was actually taking deposits. Taking payment, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is that it? Is that just as simple as a form? I think the limitations of just a standalone form, to your point, are whether you need any context when you prepare that. So like if you took a type form or something like that, you can take payments, but do those forms need to be smart? Do they have a, need to have any like pre-populated information that would make those questions a little more dynamic or change them if you know siblings was a good example. So depending on how smart they need to be, it could either be super, super simple, which is a huge step forward from what you've got now. Mm -hmm. Just spin up a web form with any old web form builder, type form, Google forms, anything. Probably blast out an email to everybody on that list a week ahead of time, say, hey, here's when it's going live. And then just from your email client, blast out another email saying, okay, it's live, sign up on the form here. Like that's a super straightforward version of it. The superpower too here is like what you do with it. So if you want to be like uber woke and very caring, those two are not mutually exclusive, but if you want the wait list to be public, throw all of that stuff into Airtable and then order the items based on the time they came in and status. Was it filled? Was it not filled? And maybe on the confirmation, you give back people a confirmation number and that's what's public. Just confirmation number and then queue number, the position that you're in in the wait list. And that wait list can live actually on the web page. Imagine how many phone calls you could avoid if you had a public wait list and people had access to it all through these automations. Think it could work? Yeah, they had a way to log in and see like, yes, you've been acknowledged, you're X in line or something like that. Yep. 
Well, cool. Thanks for the call, Melissa. I think, are we at time? Yeah, we're at time. So thanks everyone for stopping by for this week's automation show. Where dreams come true. 104.3 The Buzz. And we're out. Nice, guys. Nice. That was all right. I, what did you think? I don't know. That was all right. Not bad, boys. Thank you, Mr. The Buzz. Give up the good work. And remember, I'll be listening. Oh, I, that added some pressure. I think it was all right, though. Do you think he likes us? I think that was good. But imagine getting that 7 o'clock slot. I mean, that's prime time. That would be... Wow. Wow. I'm going to go call my mom. Look at chat. He may need two towels this week. It's a wet one. Automation Town is hosted by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul O'Mara. Share your problems with us on Twitter at Chad Davis. Is it just Chad Davis? Yeah. And J Stats CPA. How do you spell that? So there's a J Stats S T A T S. It's a palindrome, but it has CPA at the end, so it's not a palindrome. Right. So if we're following along, J S T A A T S C P A. You did say it right. And if you're enjoying the pod, please leave Automation Town a review by submitting a note in person at the Automation Town Civic Center, or by sending us a fax at five 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 nine four seven two one.